Hi, this is Dax Jacobson, and you're listening to the Rural Towns Project Podcast, where I combine my day job as a business professor with my love for the rural American West I grew up in. In the podcast, I talk to the people who are actually trying to make a living in, and to the researchers, artists, and others inspired by, the rural towns of the American West. I hope to help myself and others understand the past, appreciate the present, and positively impact the future of rural towns in the American West. Thanks for listening. In this episode, I chat with Dale Buxton of Alta Bank, formerly Lewiston State Bank in Lewiston, Utah. Dale has been with the bank for over 30 years, and in that time has spent time in pretty much every role, including president. Dale and I talk about his background and the history of Lewiston State Bank, We talk about the changes he's seen in the banking industry generally and in rural banking specifically. We talk about the opportunities and challenges facing rural banks and small businesses, and we end, as always, with the road trip music question. Dale Buxton, welcome to the Rural Towns Project Podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time to to chat with me. I know you're busy, uh, and I know it's not easy to take time in the middle of the day, but maybe we could first just start by asking, how are you? How are things in Cache Valley? How are things with... Alta, I'm supposed to say Alta Bank, not Alta Bank. Is that right? You, you got it right. How are things at Alta Bank in Lewiston? <laughs> it's good. It's good. You know, it's been an interesting evolution as we've been merged into and, and accumulated with other banks to create what we now are part of. It's been a, a big change for a lot of people, but at the same time, it's been a progressive thing, and I think it's been a positive thing. So, so life is good. Life, life is, is good. good. COVID, yeah. I know we're not out of this, but... Does that impacted business much or things are things are okay? It has been interesting. You know, yeah. we've seen branches close, uh, if not just lobbies and done business through our drive up instead of just uh, normal, you know, lobby traffic. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of those things have happened. Plus, good share of our, our work staff, work, you know, work uh, staff has been at home and yeah. those type of things like so many people have. So it's uh, it's not been without impact. And part I'm of the sure. job, too, has been running the hand sanitizer around and all the rest. So. <laughs> I'm sure. So I, I wonder if you could talk a little bit, Dale, about your background the, and, and how long you were with Lewiston State Bank, which is now, which is now uh, Alta Bank, and when that merger took place, and just a little bit about the background of that. First with you, and then maybe of the two, because I, I, I knew it as Lewiston State Bank, and obviously now when I drive through Preston or Lewiston and to see Alta Bank, I'm like, oh, that's that just doesn't seem quite the same, but... Well, and I think it took a lot of getting used to for a lot of the community members. They've been quite tuned in to it, having the community name on it. Yeah. And now it doesn't. But I think that's, that's comes, everybody understands the, the way things change and the way things progress. But, you know, just in general, my, my career with the bank has been about, I started in 1990, so a little hmm. over 30 years. Wow. Congratulations. There. Well, it, 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 we've lasted. <laughs> it's been a good career. I can't complain. It's been a, it's fun to have started at a small institution at a point when there was 12 or 15 employees. Oh, and wow. now we're, you know, part of an organization that's way bigger than that. I'm not even quite sure. I think Alta Bank has about 500 or so, but the, oh, wow. the bigger holding company somewhere in the 3000 range. So it's, it's a different world, different world. But, uh, you know, starting there, I came in from uh, having worked in California for about three years with the uh, farm credit system. Oh, okay. So I was in the Central Valley, did farm loans for a few years, gravitated back, worked on the farm for a year, and then this opportunity came along and I had to make a choice. So I ended up over at the bank. So I really just came up through the ranks, started out 
a little bit of everything, you know, like you would in a small institution. Yeah. I did teller work, did loan work, did I changed the light bulbs, whatever it took. And then we finally got to the point where we got large enough that we had branches and we were, you know, getting bigger and uh, filled the chief financial officer role for a time. And then our president retired and uh, we decided to step into his shoes for a few years, for two or three years anyway. So that was, that's the, the summary of it, I guess. That, that's a quick rundown of 30 years, Dale. That's a, <laughs> that's a lot of stories and work I imagine in there. You start, you said 12 to 15 employees. How many branches in 1990? Was there just the one in Lewiston? Just the one. Yep. Yep. We stayed at, as one, at one branch until, let's see, it was 1996. That's wow. when we moved into North Logan. Okay. From there, we uh, added Preston in uh, 2000. And then from there, we went to uh, the other end of Logan. We did that in 2012. And we, for a short time, we had a branch over in Tremont. And oh, okay. that was closed earlier last, well, I guess it was in 2021. But we had, had some good experiences there, too. It was, it was fun to have an opportunity to reach outside the valley. Yeah. And then, and then Alta Bank, that happened a couple years ago. How long is it now that? Yeah, the uh, that process started in 2013, actually. Oh, wow. You know, we, we merged with Bank of American Fork, which in, for all intents and purposes was another community bank like yeah. ourselves. And they had branches around Utah County and some in Salt Lake County. And uh, that was 2013. And uh, that entity, let's see, it was called People's. Utah Bancorp was formed and went public in 2015. And from there, we went to, uh, well, we operated that way for a number of years. And then we rebranded that organization to Alta Bank in the end of 2019. Mm. So from 2019 till now has been, you know, what you've seen is, is Alta Bank. But of course, uh, here, when was it? October of last year, we did the, the uh, we were acquired, I should say, by Glacier Bank Corp out of uh, Kalispell, Montana, and now we're part of that organization. So that's uh, that's the roadmap. <laughs> that's quite a bit of change in the last few years. I, I wonder. I'm curious. Just. I was always jealous, so I grew up in McCammon, and we did not. Have, mm-hmm. Ireland Bank was the bank, right, in the community bank out yeah, of out of Malad. So. Uh, Downey had one, Income had one, McCammon didn't. Even though we were bigger, and I always felt like we weren't we weren't big time because we didn't have a bank in our community, and you had to go to either to Downey or to Income, you know, to or down to Malad to to go to the bank. I wonder if you're when you're you're thirty plus years, Dale. What what do you see of some of the changes other than if I don't have to go to my local bank or credit union i don't right i, I do it online now I, I deposit checks i do what i mean do, do you still see that in a rural community or is it still very much um non-covid but do you people want to come in they want to know their teller they're talking about the weather they're talking about kids and sports and whatever it is or do you see the transition to online too uh some of both yeah. you know i i have to say that it's a bit of a generational thing of course gotcha. you know people that are familiar with you know, older generations are more comfortable talking face to face. Younger generations are more comfortable, you know, transacting online. Um, but I think you would have to, you'd have to say in a smaller community where you are interacting with people in that same geography on on different levels. You know, whether that's a church level or a school level yeah. or a fire department level, whatever it might be. I think they they tend to come to the banks more often. I yeah. would think just because they know the people and know some of the things that are going on in their world. So that's that. I think that's fair. But at the same time, we do see the downward trend in lobby traffic mm. as we see people figuring out other ways to do things on their phones, on their computers and otherwise. 
so yeah it's it's affecting i think a, a rural bank as much as it is a you know an urban bank same, same, I, I, same pattern yeah I, and i wonder if you know when you I, I study entrepreneurs and small businesses and and so much of that is how you get funding whether you go a traditional route you get a bank loan or your father-in-law or someone loans you some money or you know you got some equity in a house or a ranch or whatever it is it seems yep. like you can go anywhere to get funding now, right? I mean, is it still yes. that connection to the local bank where they feel like, well, I know this loan officer because I go to church with him or he's my coach and my kid's sports team? Or do you not see right. that connection as much and you have to compete just like anyone else to get funding out of Cash Valley or Logan or even a Salt Lake? Um, yeah. Is that changed the dynamic? I think it, I think it has to some degree. You know, I, the origins of our bank way back in 1905 when they formatted the formula. Or Did you say 1905? Yes. Wow. Yes, very cool. Bank. Yeah. yeah. Bank. But yeah, when it was initially organized, it was largely for the opportunity of the local farmers and business people to have a source of credit. Yeah. Um, otherwise, they were headed to Logan, which was not, you know, we didn't travel that well no. back in those days. Right. And so, you know, you know, there were little community banks everywhere. And then the banks interacted, of course, to, to deal with some of those things that they did behind the scenes. But, you know, I think the thing to recognize is the, uh, is the bank has grown, so has the industries and the businesses that its services have grown. So, you know, where you used to have, I think about that in my hometown, where we used to see 10 or 12 dairy farms. Now you have two or three, and they've just simply gotten bigger. Yeah. And uh, opportunities to get credit have, have become more available. You know, and we travel more, so it's not such a hindrance to be able to to get that credit that you need for those types of operations. So, it's, uh, it's in some respects you hate to see that kind of thing go yeah. because uh, it's you know it's part of the community, but at the same time that is the trend. And um, I do know that you know as we've looked back over the last 10, 15, maybe twenty years, you know the number of banks has dropped by at least half. Has it really? And so it's, wow. yeah, it's just the nature of of the industry it's just in the consolidation mode and one that uh, you know certainly brings brings the numbers down that's for sure do, do you see a change you talked about the, you know consolidation from dairy some dairies going out of business i'm sure others consolidating becoming bigger do you see a change in the other types of businesses that you might see in a lewiston or a cornish or a, a preston i mean are we seeing more I'm going to start a, a gym, right? We're going to do fitness or maybe that trend has come and gone and now we're starting a little boutique store. I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out there. Do you think we're yeah. seeing a difference in the kinds of, of, of businesses? Maybe they're an Etsy shop that's online. I don't know. I'm just throwing out <laughs> ideas here. Yeah. Well, and you know, to your point, I, the one thing that our, my wife and I do, we have an Airbnb at home. Oh, nice. That we do out here, you know, and so it's a opportunity for a vacation rental. Maybe is a more appropriate way to describe yeah. it. But yeah, we have people coming from all over the country. Uh, staying in little rural, rural towns, which has been something that's been fascinating to me. Yeah. You know, when we, when we took that home on, we thought, well, we'll make a conventional, you know, rental out of it. We'll just fix it up and rent it out. Well, as it turns out, it turned out to be a bit of a money pit. So I spent <laughs> more than I wanted to. So I, we'll I know the feeling. Yes. Yeah. You know, so we were just looking for an option to try to make that, uh, you know, more profitable. We're trying to repay that, you know, the debt yeah. that we'd incurred. And so we thought, well, let's give this a shot. And we've done it for now about five years. Oh, really? It's grown every year. And surprisingly, no we've had people from all over the, we've even had a few all over the country, plus a few international people have come. Really? Here. You know, it's interesting, like with the small satellite conference that they have down in at USU every year, there's yeah. some, some spillover that comes here. 
So we get that. We have bike races. We have wedding receptions. We have funerals. We have all kinds of no family kidding. events Interesting. that come out come out this way. So to, to answer your question, yes, I think the, the industries and the businesses that you see in the smaller areas, you know, they're changing with the time. Do, do you think that's mostly, and this is a loaded question, Dale, because so, I know where I come from in a tiny town. Uh, mostly people okay with that or there's some resistance that we don't want it to change at all even if that means my community dies i don't want it to be different right and i know that's a tough question no, you're, but... <laughs> it's a fair question but it's and it's an honest question we we do see resistance to that yeah. you know there's uh, i think some people are quick to judge the you know what they will or won't bring when they when you have those kind of things yeah. but uh hopefully they they will allow it for the for the diversity of the community i guess is what i would say yeah and yeah. uh yeah, you know, but again, you know, people get used to having a small community as just as they are. And in a lot of ways, we think our future is going to be the same as it is now. And I think I've come to understand that the future isn't always the past. Yeah. It tends to evolve. It really yeah. does because of all the other pressures that are in the world and the, just the nature, nature of what we see everywhere. Yeah, that's a good point. I had a conversation with, um, a researcher out of Utah State actually that studies gateway communities, and he made an interesting point when they go out and talk to you know people in and in Bear Lake or Park City or Moab, and then you talk to other communities that say, well, we don't want to be the next Park City or the next Moab, but we don't want to do anything. And he says, if you, if you're not planning for what your future wants to look, whatever that is, we're not telling you what it is, but if you're not planning it, someone else will make the decision for you, right? We're at a point now where a big developer is going to come and decide, right? We're going to take this dairy and we're going to turn it into a bunch of big homes, or we're going to create a new business, whatever it is. So I think it's a good point. It's the past is not necessarily what the future is going to be, even if we decide what we love the past, right? That's not what, right. it's not up to us sometimes. So I think no. sometimes people struggle with that. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a common attitude that you would see in every, particularly smaller communities. I think yeah. you get into a bigger environment, people go, okay, well, I get it. I'm going to try to benefit from the things that are changing and evolving, right. but in the smaller areas, it's not quite the same. No, not quite the same. Not. What, what are some of the other challenges, um, both in your role at the bank over the years and also just community, uh, you know, Airbnb and other things? You talked about uh, growth and sometimes um, the challenges that come with that. Are there, are there other challenges that you, that you see in, in rural communities like Lewiston or Cornish or others? Is it, you know, keeping our kids there? Is it wages like I hear everywhere else? What are some of the things that you see? Yes. I think it's the answer. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, you've, like I say, I, I, like in my case, my kids want to be here. We've been able to help them figure out ways to stay. So that's been, been a good thing. Others haven't been so lucky. They've had to, to go to other areas. So I think we see that. Um, I think we see, excuse me, some yeah. pressures that, uh, you know, you would find in other parts. I, I was thinking about the bank, um, you know, as the as we progressed, we, we kind of started out being what I guess you could call a credit or a character-based lender okay it was who you knew yeah you know and, and what you knew about them that was really what made your decision of whether or not to to lend to them yeah and i remember some stories about some of the older guys saying you know trying to some of the younger people coming to the bank wanting to get a car loan or something buy cows whatever it might be and uh, the older guys that were in charge didn't necessarily always trust them or know them or feel too inclined to lend to them and so you know, that's, that's, I've seen it evolve from there to more of a credit-based yep. uh, type of a situation. And so, I mean, that's a, I gotta be a positive thing. 
Yeah. Part of that's been imposed by some of the broader, you know, economic problems we've had, you know, the downturns in the market, you know, the FDIC and the other regulators have all been pretty sensitive to trying not to let all these little banks fail. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, I think that to some, and they keep putting the controls and regulations in place that work to prevent that, but that also makes it a lot of overhead. And I think that's partly what's driven the consolidation that we've seen in the banking industry. It's just been so onerous to try to have your own compliance team and your own computer system and your own people to facilitate everything that the market's demanding. Right. But it's just been hard for a small bank to to do that on its own. And I think it will continue to be that way as things get more complicated. That leads me into maybe, uh, maybe you've answered or maybe you'll give another answer. I always ask, um, anyone on here and especially if they're a small business owner um, or an entrepreneur I say if I made the sort of rural economic czar for Utah or Cash County or Lewiston um, and you could say Dax may wave this magic wand and this is what I would want you to change maybe it's a tax policy maybe it's some of the regulations that you just talked about Dale with the FDIC and other things is there something both for the banking industry in rural communities and just rural communities in general that you could think of that would that would make a big difference? It's mm, a great question. I'm sure there's a lot of things. I mean, economic development always tends to pop to the top of the list. Yeah. You know, if there was a way to to do that in an orderly manner, mm. you know, you like you kind of alluded to earlier, you don't want the big developer or somebody else to swoop in and and make a big big change. If there were a way to to bring that along in an orderly manner, I think that would probably be the best thing that could happen. Yeah. Um, you know, like in our case, uh, in, in Lewiston, you've got some commercial businesses, but there's only a few. It's too easy to get to Walmart for your groceries. It's too easy to get to Home Depot and other places for your other home improvement products. So, and you know, the, there's just no way for a small entity to have that kind of selection. So if there are a way to, you know, bring that closer to home, I, I can't quite envision what it is. That would certainly be helpful. <laughs> yeah. It'd be great if yeah. we could figure that out. I think you and I could, oh, yeah. could go help some people if we had the easy yes. answer on that one. Easy. Yeah. Yes. You know, the industries though, if there's a way for them to spread out, it, the hard part is, is there's not that they don't have the workforce or right. often the resources, the infrastructure to be able to manage them in a, in a rural area. Yeah. But I think when, if there were a way, you know, if you were the czar and there was a way to, to broaden that, footprint that'd be helpful that would be very helpful well i did say it was a magic wand so we'll pretend i'm going to be able to figure out how to i like it i like it related to that dale do you I know that uh jamie who we both know and connected us is trying to do a, a good job of balancing the needs of rural cash valley businesses and business owners with with logan and i know there's others doing the same but do you see um do you see tension between you know there's only so much space in Cache Valley and Logan continues to grow. I mean, I was just up there a few weeks ago and just trying to drive down main street right in the middle of the day is it's worse than down here where I'm at in Sandy some of the time. So I I mean, I want, how's that conversation? How's that tension? You know, I guess I'm just asking what's the pulse of things up there from your viewpoint from (laughs) rural. Plus I know you have business and interact with what's going on in Logan. Yeah. You know, there's, there is, an element of tension there, but I think everybody's pretty pragmatic about it going, yeah. we can't all do it. Right. Um, some, and, and no question, but that Logan and, and some of those cities down that way, take the lion's share of the attention and the, and the resources. No, yeah. I mean, there's no argument there. Um, 
you know, I know that they have made an effort in the chamber to reach Preston and do some things with them. Uh, I think they certainly invite, you know, other industry, other businesses to come and be a part, but that's, I guess that's about as far as I've seen it be able to go. And I'm not quite sure how you'd take it beyond that. Yeah, it's so. a good, you know, I think about where I grew up uh, in McCammon and 10 minutes away is Lava Hot Springs, which is a pretty popular destination spot, you know, for small rural Southeast Idaho. And we're not at a point now where those two communities are anywhere near, you know, conflicting with each other. But I just think about at some point you look, you know, decades down the line, if, if Inca makes decisions um, without consulting what happens in McCammon, McCammon's impacted one way or another, right, regardless. And I wonder yeah. if in, in Logan those conversations are taking place that it's like, well, we won't let it inside our city limits, but right next door is Hiram or Providence or North Logan, and we'll just let them deal with it. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah, I wonder if those conversations do. take place or not. Do you know? Well, I suppose they do on some level. Yeah. You know, I think the one example of... of uh, something like that this occurred in the last little while as you know the landfill <laughs> I have to admit you know that got pushed out into clarkston i didn't know this there. okay yeah oh so you know the one there west of logan yep is is reaching end of life i believe from what i understand yeah so they've created the transfer station and now they truck it all out to a new landfill out in, in the corner of the county yes out in the rural area you know so to some degree that that created quite a bit of angst oh i'm so, sure the locals, you know, going, hey, I don't want all those trucks. And I think they created, they did reach some uh, agreements and, you know, so they gave some concessions and a few things. But, you know, we saw that happen. Um, now, again, garbage dump is a necessary evil. That's right. <laughs> but it's always one of those NIMBY things, you know, not in my backyard. That's right. But, That's right. So you go where it makes sense and then you try to make it as, as palatable as possible, I would yeah. say, you know, when you do that. But, like I said, it's just a couple, well, not a couple, it's probably three or four miles over the hill from where I live. So we were concerned with that yeah. upgrade. So, you know, that's not going to be good, but it turned out to be an issue. Um, so, you know, I guess there's those types of issues that, yeah. that do get imposed on the rural side of things. Yeah. Well, I, I want to get you back to work or maybe your day off. I don't know what, Dale, but I don't want to take too much more of your time. But I, I wonder, we've talked some of the challenges. Um, you've been there. 30 plus years at the bank, you've got a business, you've got some of your kids at least coming back. I wonder what gives you hope then um, for rural communities like like where you live? What what are you excited about? We talked about some of the challenges, but what gives you hope for the future? You know, I, I'd have to say it's it's the young people. Okay. I, I You know, I watch the, not not just my kids, but I watch the other folks that I interact with here that are com or the up-and-comers, sharp kids, and they've got you know, they got their head on straight and they are going to take care of things. And that's very reassuring to me yeah. is to know that yeah. you know, a lot of times we think, well, those are, they're just kids. They can't do anything. But at the same time, they've really, in large part, got their act together and they really understand what needs to happen. And, and surprisingly, they have a, a love and a passion for seeing things continue as they are and to improve them. So, so that's what I would say is uh, that's what gives me hope that things that would will be okay. That would give me hope too. That's that's great to hear. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, last last question, Dale, and I ask everyone this. Um, I I, I sure. like I like music, and I like a wide range of music. Um, 
a wide range of music. I grew up in a musical household, so classic rock to cl old school country to everything. So I like to ask right. people this road trip music question. Um, and so let's say you and I are leaving Logan and we're going to go to Preston, but we're going to go through Lewiston and go the back way up there. And I'm driving and I turn to you, right. Dale, and I say, right. okay, Dale, who are we listening to? What band or musician would you like to listen to on this stretch of road? You pick. <laughs> well... I'm an 80s rock kind of guy that's because that's probably when I grew up and got used to it and enjoyed yeah. it as a kid. So that's what I would probably put it on. It either either a soft rock or, or an 80s rock type station would be my pick. You got to give me a name though. Any any particular oh, band or oh. musician? <laughs> well, let's go with Ario Speedwagon or Boston or Sticks or any of those kind of all very fun choices. Kind. Good for yes. you. Yes. Yeah, that'd be a fun. Lady. That'd that's be a fun trip. Do. Yeah, you bet. We could turn it on, have some good music. You bet. <laughs> Appreciate it. We let people know we were coming. That's right. Windows down. We're coming. Windows down. Exactly. All right. Well, Dale, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for the work you oh, do yeah. with the bank and with the community, yeah. and it, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate it. No, it's been a fun opportunity. I'm glad you made the connection with Jamie, and we we're able to do this. This has been a good opportunity. My thanks to Dale for being on the podcast, for his longtime commitment to rural banking and his rural community, and for his hope for the future. I, too, choose to be optimistic, despite the challenges all around us. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell your friends and please subscribe to and rate the podcast so we can continue to get the word out there. Thanks all, and stay safe.